Welcome to the Pete Primo Show. It is episode number 50. In this episode, we feature Jeff Janakovo living a big ticket life. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Really happy to be here, Pete. Be on your show. I like how we do this together. Yes, yes. This is going to be fun. So let me pay the bills first. All right. Haven't gotten my book and you sell mattresses or furniture, you are messing up. 101 tips for mattress store owners to sell another million dollars or more this year. It's not a sales book. It's a marketing book. Get it now if you haven't. And here's something for you. If there is something you want to implement in my book and you don't, you have no idea of how to implement it, call me. My phone number is 419-560-3169. Make an appointment and we will spend a half an hour free consultation worth a billion dollars because I don't do this except for my dealers. Anyway, one other bill to pay. If you haven't joined the mattress network, the mattress industry network group, you have to. My good friend, Jeff Janakovo, who is with us today, will testify that he told me no less than 50 times, Pete, you've got to join this group. It's a great group. True story. Finally, he got so angry at me and frustrated with me. He goes, what gives? And I I, I said, Jeff, I don't want to belong to that group because it's that guy. That guy owns that group. I, I, I don't want anything to do with that guy. He goes, what guy? I tell him the guy's name. He goes, he doesn't own that group. So, Different group entirely. <laughs> guys, whatever you're doing, if you sell mattresses, you owe it to yourself to join the Mattress Industry Network group. It's free. It's on Facebook. There's over a thousand members. It's the only group that is for retailers by retailers. Retailers own it. Steve, thank you for your support. Hey, thank you, Chris Stone, for that festive uh, edition of Lights there. I appreciate that. Um, so let's get into the show. Jeff, you bailed me out today. Poor Karen. She was feeling sick, but I'm going to tell you a funny story. When I saw what you were promoting, I said, I wish we would have scheduled that for our show because I think this is something all of our retailers uh, should be involved with. But before we get going too far on onto that, you know, when I think of uh, people in our industry who are successful and who are smart and who look outside the industry to find new inspiration, you're the first person that comes into my mind every time. Um, I'll never forget the first time that we met. We met at a, mar- a marketing um, uh, super conference down in Florida years ago at a Dan Kennedy event. And uh, I'll never forget. I wanted to talk to you so bad. Um, we had a brief introduction and the thing was over and I got within about 50 feet of you and I saw how you were writing and literally steam was coming off of your head, dude. And like, I know what that feels like. Cause it happens. I was in the moment. Yeah. It happens to me. And it's like, when I'm in that moment, I could literally have three or four secretaries and I could, I can't even get the words out as fast 
as I'm thinking them. I, I, I couldn't even dictate it as I, I could never write it as fast either. And so I just kind of sat there for about five or 10 minutes and I said, no, I am as much as I want to talk to this dude, I am not doing that to him because this, this is one of those moments that I call flow. I don't know what you call it, but I call it. It's when you're flowing and you're in the moment and magic is happening. And uh, I later found out that you were creating something that was pretty special at that point. I call it, uh, it's a word that might scare people. I call it scheming. <laughs> um, depends really on where not, your heart is, brother. It depends yeah, on where well, your heart is. It. Yeah, I mean, that's just it. It's not... Uh, it's not meant for ill intent, but it is just, you know, it is a plan. It is, uh, it is set in motion and it, it begs attention. It begs focus. And, and, uh, that's what I call it. So yeah, I was, I was in mid scheming when you, uh, when you, uh, saw me with, I think you said steam or smoke coming off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. But, that was uh, all these years later, here we are. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. So full disclosure, I am a big fan of Jeff Janakovo, not only his store, but also everything that he does from consultant to coaching. Uh, I'm a customer as well, and he's a customer of mine. So uh, we're pretty much hooked at the hip. So don't say anything bad about Jeff on my show or you're in big trouble. Anyway, nobody would ever say such a thing. And that's the thing a lot of folks don't know about me because until recently I've not I've not made it a point to share it. Uh, but I've been coaching and consulting with business owners really for seven years uh, since November of 2014. Formerly launched Infotail Systems Inc., which is my you know corporate coaching partnership company that I'm a part of. And, you know, that business has been uh, delivering results, uh, delivering benefit, changing the lives of business owners that I've been involved with, uh, some months more than others, uh, the number of people I work with, but that's all right. Those things ebb and flow. Um, but I've been doing that, you know, every month, uh, helping people out since November of 2014. So really seven, seven full years now. And, uh, and with that, seven full years of, uh, of revenue coming in as well. And um, so I've been at this for a while. So uh, the Big Ticket Life really is a manifestation of that seven years of work, seeing a lot of really great business, uh, helping it to go to incredible, and helping good businesses go to great. And um, I'm, I'm proud to say it. I feel I have a gift for helping people see uh, what might be right in front of them that they're not able to see, uh, helping them uh, put in a handful of different, what I call big ticket methods into their business to like just break those chains of what traditional brick and mortar, face-to-face -face type store ownership typically is expected to be, what they think they need to be, and where they've been pigeonholed into. And I've been able to help a lot of people kind of shatter uh, those walls around them and get to a new level. And I t say the big ticket life is about doing life and business on your terms. Uh, if the business isn't serving you specifically first, it's worthless to everything else thereafter, whether that's your, your spouse, your marriage, your relationships with your children, your relationships with your employees, your relationship with your community. If your business isn't serving you, you're not able to serve any of those other relationships. 
And uh, so I kind of arrived at the big ticket life by that realization that I've, you know, it's time to help other business owners reach that level of what I like to call investor in their business, where they actually, uh, their business works for them and they're able to work on their business every moment uh, that they dedicate to it. That, that's awesome, Jeff. Two things on that, both from Dan Kennedy. I'm a fan of Jeff, too. You better be Ben McClure. You're his business partner. <laughs> We're stacking the comment deck here. Yeah, yeah. Ben, good morning. Thank you for making a comment. We appreciate you being here. Um, two things uh, that jump out at me from, from your comments that I think would be helpful um, to, to any of our store owners or business owners that are joining us. Um, number one, if you ever find yourself complaining about your employees, stop. You hired them. You trained them. You tolerated their bad behavior. You didn't give them consistent feedback. And now you need to do what Jeff just said. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. And if you don't know where to start changing, give Jeff a call a little bit later after the show, preferably. But if you have a question right now, jump in, ask us. Uh, the other thing is when I hear business owners complaining about their customers. And I, at times, have been guilty of this. The same thing holds true. They're your customers. You attracted them into your store with your advertising. You tolerated that their bad behavior. And you need to change who you are fundamentally. Looking in the mirror is a great place to start. Uh, if you don't like your employees or you don't like your customers or you don't like their behavior, you have to start with yourself. And why am I tolerating this behavior? Is this a common problem, Jeff? Or do you think it just maybe one out of a hundred? Well, it no, I mean, it really is. I think it's a common problem that exists. Um, it creeps in um, very easily, even to the even to well-run businesses, it creeps in. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're in a uh, refocus and slight edge um, stream of consciousness here in effort here in our business uh, right now. Um, this year has been wildly successful. And with that success comes growing pains. And with those growing pains come habits. And sometimes those habits are really good. And sometimes those habits need improvement. And, um, you know, so it happens in, in all businesses. I did a post last night from my home studio uh, about it is what it is, which is a statement of complacency. It's really a statement of defeat when you hear people say, well, it is what it is. You know, what are you going to do? All, all employees work this way. What are you going to do? All vendors act this way. What are you going to do? All customers act this way. And, you know, that is what it is statement really is, is one of defeat. It's one of acceptance and apathy. And I think it leads, it, I think it's led and born from, you know, really, if we get deep down, and I said in our, in our what do we formally call it? Backstage pre-show talk. I think that's what we call it. Um you know, I said, I think I want to take a little bit of a turn from the norm and talk about some mindset stuff. And I think when we as business owners become apathetic, become accepting of this stuff, it's really, it, it is a look in the mirror moment. Really what it is, is I think it's, it's baggage from your past, whatever that might be. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm not your doctor. 
<laughs> we're not we're not dispensing uh, uh, psychiatric medical advice here, but I truly believe that when people reach that place of apathy, when they reach that place of acceptance, what ends up happening in their mind uh, subconsciously and it comes out consciously is they're saying, I'm afraid to push harder because on the other side of that might be fear, pain, rejection, consternation, arguments, strife. And those feelings suck because I've had those feelings in the past. And again, that, that might be around intense trauma, intense pain, family relationships, friend relationships. It might be addictions, you know, you name it, any number of things. Um, and, and business owners, I think, you know, we live a lonely life. In, in most cases, because we're a different breed uh, than maybe some of our friends are who punch a clock and get a salary and have, you know, perks and benefits and retirement accounts. Uh, we choose to carve our own path. But, you know, sometimes carving that path means you take some shrapnel. It means you take some uh, some arrows, so to say. Uh, you, you get some war, war wounds and it's how you deal with that stuff that really counts. Um, so... You know, that, that's kind of where I thought we'd start, Pete. What do you, I mean, any, any, I'm kind of interviewing you now. Any thoughts there? Where, where do you want to take it? Well, no, I listen, I, I, I think everything starts at mindset. Here's Jackie. Let's see. Excellent point, Pete. Asking yourself why you are tolerating bad behavior versus complaining about customer or employees. Thanks, Jackie. Those are just, listen, I've been guilty of it. Um, I've had my uh, dealers you know, talk to me about these things too on a pretty regular basis. And, and so, uh, it's something that I wanted to bring up. So thank, thank you, Jackie. Um, yeah, thanks Jackie. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Jackie's amazing. She's really, uh, very interesting because, you know, her, her business revolves around, uh, working with executives and, you know, here and there success stories and, and probably a few failure stories too, that she really gets some inside scoop. That's quite interesting, but, uh, getting back to mindset, there, there is, there is nothing more fundamental. Um, you know, when I look at the last two years, Jeff, and I look at, you know, who did good, who went out of business and who is struggling now, I can almost always go back to mindset. So with that, let's start with what do you think is the most fundamental mistake that store owners make? And and by the way, for my reps that are tuning in, before Jeff was a uh, Je Jeff was a store owner, he was one of the best reps in the industry. So anything that Jeff has to say, I would listen to. If I'm a rep, I would be taking notes because I, let me tell you something. I have begged. Jeff to coach me. Um, I will pay this money. I will pay this man money to coach me. And I have 40 years of experience. But the reason I would pay him is because of his perspective. He's done my job and he knows intimately how I do my job. And he knows exactly where I screw up and where I don't, and where I'm strong and where I'm weak. And guess what? Another set of eyes, another set of ears is invaluable to you. Um, I think I said it on, on my last show. You know, it's a lonely life to be a store owner, to be a business owner. You don't, you have nobody, you who do you talk to? 
You talk to your friends that don't own stores, they have not a clue what you're talking about. Jackie, yes, Jeff, we business owners get lots of shrapnel and war wounds, but as you suggest, well worth it. I agree with your thoughts on how we respond to those battles is key. Yep. Awesome, Jackie. Thank you so much. Uh, where was I, Jeff? Catch me. Uh, talking about my prior representation days and um, perspective of having you know an alternate set of eyes and ears uh, and focus on on your business. When you're a business owner, your employees do not want to correct you, even if you invite them to. They're they're, they're just ninety percent of the time not going to do it. Um, there are a few exceptions to the rule, but most of the time they they won't do it. Um, you, so you are left in a very difficult position. And what Jeff has been able to do is get business owners together and do roundtables and do masterminds and talk about the challenges that we have and share uh, openly what's going on. Like right now, not stuff that you know, fluff, fluff stuff and furniture today. Um, like, how do you deal with what we're going through right now? I mean, business for most dealers has been great up to recently. It's it's tailed off, but there's severe supply issues, very severe. And unless you are really nimble, um, you will get caught in a death spiral with with that. And so let's start off with, you know the the mindset what are the most common mistakes that that store owners make with their mindset well i touched on it briefly i mean i think um if if i'll take a step back and then go right at the question um whatever your issues of the past were um whatever leads you to a point where you lash out, where you find yourself complaining, you find yourself not being proactive, you find yourself struggling to properly lead. I think it's really kind of addressing, you know, here's what's caused me pain and strife and heartache in the past. And how do I deal with it going forward? And, um, you know, if we look at, you know, Pete, you touched on people being successful in the last two years, which, you know, really is everybody kind of dances around the subject. It's been two years, almost two years now, the kickoff of the COVID pandemic. Uh, I have lived a life from a very young age in chaos, um, a lot of chaos around personal life, uh, family relationships, you name it. I mean, there could be multiple movies written about my life and my family. Um, and I've lived that life of chaos. So for me, COVID was actually really, really comfortable. I knew the answer. We weren't going to stop working. And, you know, so if you're listening to this, you're a business owner, you've got some of this stuff that like, and I'm telling you, everybody's got some degree of it. You know, you, you may not need to be a lifetime movie trauma case or a lifetime movie stress case, but everybody's got something and it, it frames the way they react. And I've been thinking a lot about this analogy to express this. And I think, you know, a long time ago, somebody told me that, you know, you can never forget and it can be hard to forgive, but the goal is never use it against somebody again. Whatever, whatever that is, right? So never forget, hard to forgive, but most importantly, never use it against that person again. And I come away with that as of recent uh, introspection, thinking about 
this stuff as baggage, right? So you can choose to hang this stuff around your around your place, around your neck, carry it like that old school. Remember that old school Samsonite case? Maybe your parents had Pete. You know, it was it was, it was leather. It had a metal frame, one big handle, no 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 wheels. Uh, maybe it had a little leather strap, but that long broke off. Um, heavy, you packed it full, right? So you, you can choose to carry your baggage around and something like that, hang it around your neck, and it's going to drag you down. You could choose to say, you know what, this stuff exists, but I'm going to I'm going to deal with it in an easier way with a more modern carry-on bag, right? Two wheels and extendo handle makes it a little easier to carry around. Still got to lug it. Or you could go high tech. Right with the new swivel case with four wheels that are multi-directional, ergonomic handle, many different pockets, all the doodads to make it easier. And it's your choice. One of those three ways you can deal with whatever you know kind of derails your mind, uh, makes you an ineffective leader. You have to think about that and put it in one of those three one of those three bags. It's always going to be there, right? That's why I use the analogy, right? Because suitcases are a tangible item. You know, unless you throw it away, but that goes back to my statement of you can't forget, right? So it's how you move forward. So you can have this thing strapped around you where it's nearly impossible. You can have it be a little easier or you can just choose to say, you know what? Whatever gets me down, whatever makes me lash out, whatever ruins my day, whatever derails my day, I'm going to manage it in the best way possible. I'm going to look for new ways to new inputs, uh, new inspirations to um, not gloss over, but to help me manage in my day. And I think that's very important as leaders to, to understand that, understand that when we face issues in our business today, it's not like that stuff of the past. It may feel that way, right? That's why I said like when COVID happened, I thrive in chaos. Um, absolutely thrive in chaos. Uh, it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. But um, that's what I've learned over the years. And when you learn to deal with whatever gets you down, whatever that pain is in the past, understand no employees looking to cut you like that. No vendors looking to do the same. It's just they've got their agenda, which isn't as harmful as anything you've experienced. That's for sure. Right. It's not any of that stuff. It's just they want to get about their day. And sometimes that doesn't always gel with your day. Uh, and that's all right. But those feelings don't need to come in and manifest to this big overarching thing that just derails you. Pack it away in the appropriate suitcase. Maybe some things are heavier. But most things I think you're going to find are really very easily manageable. And there's a little pocket. There's a little place for it. You put it in there and it's very easy to move and work around and take with you in the day. That reminds me of the word no. <clears throat> and it's something that a business owner has to be, get very uh, comfortable with. Saying no to all the unscheduled um, distractions that come a business owner's way. Um, can you talk about that? Because you are a business owner and and, and you've learned how to say no. And, and you know, <clears throat> when I think about productive people, you are definitely in my top three of most productive people I know. And, and I know some pretty high achieving people. So um, what you would have to say about 
that is important because I really think it's the first secret to getting closer to being more productive and having a better mindset. And, you know, the ability to say no is a mindset issue because like we were all taught to, to try to say yes and to try to accommodate. But the reality is if you approach your business that way and you don't say no, um, you're going to, you're just going to be like a, a ping pong. You're, you're, you're rudderless. There's no boundaries on your time. Uh, There's no boundaries on what you'll tolerate. There's no boundaries on, you know, uh, what is or isn't a good customer, what is or isn't a good employee and teammate. Uh, There's probably even no boundaries on your relationships. Not, I mean, we're not going to go backwards into mindset stuff, but, um, but yeah, I mean, if you're not able to say no, and no isn't a bad thing. No is just, listen, I, I said the big ticket life is about you doing life and business on your terms. So the business serves you, which then immediately falls down into your personal relationships, your business relationships. So if you're just rudderless, if you're incapable to control your time, momentum, and energy, then you're, there's no way you're maximizing the benefit you can give to those around you and really to this world. There's no way. Can't do it. You know, like as, an, as a very tactical example, Pete, you know, we get, uh, I source Amish made foundations. Most, you know, if you're not in the industry, you would know it as a box spring. Um, so the, the plan has been uh, up until recently uh, for me to drive out. It's a whole day. Uh, in a rented box truck and uh, and get them. And it keeps us nimble with our inventory needs. It gets us what we need and the time we need it. Uh, and it works. But a lot of things have changed. You can't get those kinds of rental trucks anymore because there's so much, so many issues in trucking that what I've come to learn is uh, companies can't get 53-foot tractor-trailer CDL drivers, but they can get a, a better abundance of non-CDL box truck drivers. So now you've got more box trucks taking up the freight that was on tractor trailers. Just They're just splitting it into two loads. Well, you can't get 26-foot box trucks to rent readily anymore. So my cost to go do this went through the roof, where the day in the truck just doesn't make sense. Even though I make it productive, I kind of stack some books, I stack some podcasts to listen to, put some big questions on my mind to think about the night before so I get the answers on the way. And that's actually the way it works. So you have to give yourself time to let your mind work that way. Maybe Pete will touch back on that because I I said it pretty fast. But, um, you know, being adaptable and understanding that, okay, I have to say no because... My cost to run it the way I did went from about 300 bucks to 700 bucks. Um, it just doesn't make sense anymore. So now I have to say no to that and say yes to a different way to manage it. So now we're just going to bring in a, a, a tractor trailer load. And we had to adopt our policy and the procedure and the way we stock things a little bit to take in 200 pieces of foundations at a time. Um, but that's okay. We'll manage. But it was that boundary on no, this no longer works as opposed to just saying, you know what, I'm going to put my head down and do the hard work. It, it, it's those kinds of boundaries and, and those kinds of abilities that need to happen in everybody's business. Yeah. And, and you know, listen, the input changed and you were, you responded and uh, you responded in a nimble way and uh, you, you made it so that, and, 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 
I, I think it, this would be a lost if we if we didn't say this. The way that Jeff buys his his Amish foundations, number one, this product is superior to any product in the marketplace. And as a value for his customer, it is second to none. So uh, part of this goes back to the origin of Jeff's why and to serve his customers better than any other retailer, right? And so solving that problem became very important because your salespeople and your customers have come to expect these awesome foundations that are heavier duty, give more support, and come in at a great value, uh, superior value to anything else in the marketplace. Um, so I do want to pick up on this, uh, letting an idea marinate. And, you know, so I'm oft, I often hear this from, from, from dealers, my dealers and, and prospective dealers and, and just friends in the industry. You know, I'm going 110 miles an hour. I can't go any faster. And that's where we start to say, okay, you've got to start saying no to some things and you got to start to prioritize. Now, if you have something important, an important decision takes time and we should never be unrealistic about that and say, well, we're not, we're just going to make it fast. That's a mistake. Taking your time and letting a thought marinate is huge. And you have to structure that time. You have to communicate with your, uh, with your uh, employees and let them know, um, you know, Dan Cricks, um, who I've been in a mastermind with, you know, when he owned his, um, his automobile uh, repair shop, you know, his employees were taught that if his door is shut, don't even knock on it because he is creating space and time to work on his business. And however you do that, I love the idea of getting some thoughts together the night before and starting to let your subconscious work on it and then wor work on it purposely while you have some time alone in that truck. It's about what? Two hour drive, two and a half hour drive, almost four. Okay. So that's yeah, eight it's hours. A, it's, a, it's a 500 mile day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I used to say, Hey, okay, not the best use of my time. However, because I put a process into place around it to maximize that windshield time, learn, get new inputs into positive inputs into the brain, it makes sense. But the reality is so much of my week is about that kind of time now as it is. I don't want to sound like I don't need it, but it just changed. And, the, you know, it, it, it's changed. And that's a good thing. It's fine. It means we're growing. Um, so that's right, Jonna. Jonna's one of my fans, Pete. Yeah. Jonna's awesome. She, Jonna I, can tell she, I can tell she's awesome. Totally underscores the importance of the mastermind mind and sounding board. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of mastermind. Some of the best ideas. I, I can tell you all the best ideas that I've ever, um, come up with were not my ideas. That they, they were born in a, in a mastermind, uh, whether it was a uh, 
10 or 13 person mastermind or a two person mastermind. Um, they were born in mastermind. So thank you. And what you, what you don't know about Jana, Pete is, um, so Jana, uh, had a former life before the financial advisory life that she runs now. She's an Edward Jones financial consultant and, uh, she did the work and pounded the pavement, pressed the flesh, kissed the babies, shook the hands, and did everything that Edward Jones said. If you do, you'll see success. And she did it all. And she's got her own office that Edward Jones invested in, in one of the best places in Lancaster County to have it in. And uh, I'm immensely proud of what, what I saw her accomplish. It's very, very cool. Congratulations. Very cool. Yep. You know, a lot of people look for that magic thing, and the magic thing is just doing the damn work. Uh, I mean, that that's just what it comes down to. Um, you know, uh, you touched on something, Pete, about, um, oh, yeah, being open-minded. So I'm going to get, again, I told you we're going a little different on this one, right? I've, I've, I've never been much for the, uh, as I would call it, woo-woo mindset stuff. I've uttered that phrase many, many, many times. Um, and I think I said it because I was always willing to just put the head down and do the work. But I've come to learn there's a little more efficient way to do things in life. And uh, a mindset like that's good, but it's not good for you. It wasn't good for me because it takes a lot, an immense, an immense mental, physical toll, right? So the reason that I'm kind of resurrecting, uh, being more vocal, uh, putting together a uh, renewed focus on the coaching and consulting that I do offer and why I'm calling it the big ticket life. You have to listen. You have to, you have to carve out time um, in your day, in your week to listen, to, to take these inputs in. So I'm a member of a number of different other coaching groups and uh, you know, my monthly spend is significant Um for these groups. One of the groups offers something called memos from the head office. All right. Um, and memos from the head office is we're going to, we're going off, we're going off here. This is a little, it's a little out in left field here. Memos from the head office is basically where you have two empaths on the phone, on the, the zoom link. The only information they have is your first name. That is it. And they are, clued into the universe. Now, whatever's in your universe, whoever you believe is at the head of your universe, that's up to you. All right? I have a belief that Father God is the head of my universe, as does the empaths leading this group. Uh, conversationally, my grandfather, um, he would never admit it because he would view it as blasphemy, uh, but he has empathic abilities. He's shared numerous stories. Um, he felt it was just the spirit working in his life as he read and was taught to believe as a child, but he definitely has these skills. At any rate, I get this recent memo. Now the memo was recorded and I got the recording. The memo was recorded back in August, okay? So very busy summer, a lot of personal projects that had my mind focused on, a, on these personal endeavors, unrelated to business. That memo sat in my inbox as a reminder. You know, they sent an email out, hey, your memo was read this day, this time. And again, all they know is name. That's it. And I go and play this memo about three or four weeks ago. 
and I listen to it and it hits me like a hammer between the eyes. And it was about there's there's things in your rear in, in your rear view that if you just hit the gas pedal, you're gonna see great success and they're gonna go away. And all you need to do is manage how fast you make that rear view picture move away. And that's what got me thinking about my baggage analogy with what um, what I shared earlier with how leaders lead. And uh, it just drives home the point that if you don't make time to listen, you're going to miss things. So had I listened to that memo back in August, where might we be today? Right? That's the lesson. You've got to carve out this time to listen. And you don't have to go all out in left field like I just took us. And for some people, that is out in left field. I actually don't believe it's that far out there. I think it's actually right in front of most people uh, in, in different ways for everybody. But you have to carve out this time to think about what you want in life and what you want in business and how you want your business to lead your life. Because if it's not happening, you're doing everyone around you a tremendous disservice and this, this is the, the, the next thing I'd bring up is this is the Chivo effect. And Chivo is, is out of the chief everything officer. See, a lot of people walk around, you know, they've got their chest puffed out. I'm the CEO of this thing. Yeah, you're a chief everything officer, a Chivo. <laughs> you can't don't, say no. Don't be a chief everything officer. Right. Um, you don't say no. That's right, Stu. The best meat has always been marinated. That's right. It takes time. I'm actually uh, playing around this week with a 30-hour um, crock pot simmer of pork shoulder. My sister did it, and it was amazing, so I'm going to try it at any rate. But, yeah, you have to be open. You have to carve this time out um, to think, to be present in what you're like a, a – great friend of mine I've made recently. We've quickly become friends. This guy is living the big ticket life and I'm hoping he's going to join me for my first official big ticket life podcast episode. And when I say this guy's living the big ticket life, this guy's doing it. He owns one of the top real estate brokerages in the South. He owns thousands upon thousands of acres of hunting land, does hunt, guiding hunted tours, and grew an outdoor clothing company, sold it, and it was valued in the billions. Okay? This guy's living the big ticket life. And this guy takes an abundance of time to think, to plan, to scheme. And if you're not doing that, you absolutely have to. Let's you see can what Jackie's got. Jackie, I love the conversation around how not to be rudderless, to manage your time and energy in order to provide more value to those you serve. That aligns well with my word of 2021 capacity. Yes. We, yeah. Yes to letting thoughts marinate, particularly around important decisions and plans, projects, etc. Work on thoughts purposefully. Yes. The magic is doing the damn work. Amen and yes. Yeah, there's no magic button. 
No, you know, there's not even an easy button as Staples would have told us. Um, <laughs> it's a bunch of crap. At any rate, um, so carving out this time is just, it's so very important. This could mean like right now, I guarantee you, you have this time. You're listening to this. Your, your reaction is, is you're probably on Facebook now listening to it. Maybe you've worked out where you can still keep scrolling Facebook. Stop. Just be in the moment and listen here. Not because I think I'm so great or I think Pete's so great, but we are giving positive information. It's not but the just, rest of the trash. Just so you know, find. he does think Pete is great. So just just so that you know that. <laughs> yeah, I had to say, you know, I kind of had to say that. But anyway, um, you know, you, you could choose later in your afternoon to not spend the 20 minutes you're going to spend on social media and go read a book that's sitting on your shelf that the spine still is fresh for three years. Because everybody's got that. I've got that. I buy books all the time that I don't get to. It's okay. I read a lot of books, but I buy more books than I actually read. Um, get up a half hour earlier, you know, and, and use this time for yourself. Jackie, I love your word capacity. Um, you know, I said I was, I've, I've excelled in chaos. You know, when, when the pandemic hit, um, one of the first things I did, I, I realized it right away. This is going to be a fight. This is a dog fight. Somebody just came here, you know, took my food bowl, kicked it over and said, maybe you're going to eat. Maybe not. I completely redid my office, moved things around, and I made it like I'm in the fight for my life. I lined up some of the best resources I have, put them front and center for inspiration, motivation, and we kept doing the work. And I firmly believe the work that Ben and I did in that time uh, is, is what led to our success the last half of 20 and through this year uh, today. I mean, this year today, we've already got, uh, we've had the day in since 11-11. We were open for 51 or 71 minutes. So we met budget in the first 71 minutes of the day, which is fantastic, Right. So uh, when you do the work and you allow yourself time and you create that space, you kind of go back to what you said about your friend, Dan, like if the door's shut, don't bother me. Um, and, you know, this isn't all of this talk isn't about, you know, being that leader that's, you know, at hand's length from your team. It's about leading your team so you can best lead them and doing things for them to where their day can be impactful for your customers. Like I've reached a point where customers reach out to us. You know, they reach out to me through networking events I might go to. I'm like, well, when are you in the store? They say, well, I'm only in the store two days a week. And actually my goal for 22 is one day a week. And that's really, that might really only be because I do this podcast right here at this seat for my show, Lancaster Connects for the store. Um, but I could just as easily do that from home. Maybe, maybe that'll happen. And I'm not going to be an absentee owner, but I am an owner that's focused on our customer experience. That's the only thing I'm focused on anymore is a five-star experience. And we've been flushing out things that have been impeding that. Our customers haven't seen it, but they might if we don't focus on it. My team is better at helping our customers wake up happy than I am because that's their sole focus. That's all they do anymore. 
And I tell my, I tell people I meet at networking events, like, if you want to work with me, that's fine. But I actually don't think you're going to get the best experience working with me. I think you're going to get the better experience working with my team because this is all they do. And they're great at it. All these five-star reviews that you're seeing recently on Google, Facebook, all the handwritten ones we show off in our fan books right here. These are all handwritten, unique handwritten testimonials that customers mail back to us that we've since scanned and put into these fan books. These aren't mine. These are my teams. Okay. So if you want the best experience to work with them, my gift, my talents, my focus goes into making sure that happens for you. Let me just clean, clean, clean something up. What he just showed you was a handwritten review. So those are handwritten reviews from real customers with real names. Yeah, that maybe uh, is in maybe, that book. Yeah, so, Chris, if you want, you can put Gardner's Mattress and More dot com forward slash reviews into the uh, screen there or wherever it goes, and people can go. You can see them all there online at that site as PDFs. Gardner's Mattress and More dot com forward slash reviews. We're very proud of that, and I'm proud of it. Because A, the words people share, but you know, a close second is people are taking the time to uh, save that letter. We save the blank sheet we give them on delivery, come back to it, write it out, put a stamp on it, and mail it back. I think that's special. If there's anybody here that owns a business and you want to get five-star online reviews and you want to systemize it uh, with a process, uh, you know, Jeff, I don't know the best way to, that you want people to contact you, but, but reach out to Jeff and however he wants you to contact him. He does this better than anybody I've ever seen. Um, and it's something that is so important in today's new world. So the reason I was kind of smiling like the cat that ate the canary was because my chapter that I'm going to read today is on page 35 and it's chapter 21. It's called coach team members. There's a saying, inspect what you expect. And as business owners, we must stay on top of what employees and team members are doing. I wish it was different, but it, it isn't. You could implement every strategy in this book and still fail if your team is not on board and doing the things the way you need them done, especially if they have direct contact with prospects and customers. I have seen this happen more times than I like to remember, where a store owner has done everything right and an employee undermines the entire system with the wrong attitude, behavior, or knowledge. It can kill a business. Don't let it happen to you. The best way to ensure that your team has the same vision and follow-through is to make them part of the marketing process and reward them for going the extra steps. Hold frequent marketing strategy meetings where everybody has input. Get team members buy-in and agreement with new marketing initiatives and systems. Help them realize their success is directly related to your customer's success. As the owner... It's ultimately up to you to make sure employees and team members are doing the job you expect them to be doing. Stay on top of this all the time and see the difference it can make in your business. You might need to be patient with some of your employees at the beginning. 
once they see and feel your commitment, they will come on board. If they don't, after a reasonable amount of time and consistent feedback, they might no longer be a fit for your company. Please do not arbitrarily fire people in my name. After, only after they, resp they don't respond to feedback over time do I suggest the F word. What say you? What say you, Jeff? It's like you could have written that. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it brings up, I'll tell the story about my pallet trailer. Uh, but before I go into that story, I mean, it really comes down to how you lead your team as a leader. You know, you set the expectation, but have you communicated why the expectation is so important? You know, why that expectation keeps the machine moving? What part does it play? You know, like I love the question, what's the most important part of a car? No one can answer that question, right? Because every single part is important. And, and I, I, you know, the, the handful of times I've gone at length debating it, um, you know, it, the, the answer that almost always seems to go down is, well, it's the driver. Well, that's true, but, you know, a driven person doesn't necessarily need a car to go where they want to go. They could buy a plane. They could buy a boat. They could get a train ticket. They could ride the bus, right? So how you lead your team and the expectations you communicate and why it's so important is what's paramount. And do you put in things into your process, into your procedure, into the system to where it is repeatable, dependable, where that subjectivity is removed and becomes objectivity? Uh, so as an example, the pallet trailer. So every, every business in our industry gets pallets into their place of business and they have to be disposed of. Um, and we used to drag them across the parking lot and Pete's been to our store from our dock to where we stored them, uh, back behind our storage trailers is not exactly a short distance. I would say it's 150 yards. Um, pallets are heavy. So it's a two person job. They get stacked up. They become an eyesore. The landlord management company doesn't like it. We get some kids making uh, BMX and skateboard ramps out of them. So now we are open to litigation and liability, right? It just doesn't work. So I ended up buying a little landscape trailer and completely invested in our team by doing that because now all that laborious pick thing up, put thing down type of work that I think employees can look at and be like, this is how I'm viewed. I'm just the guy that schleps pallets around. Well, no, that's, you're not just that person, but that can certainly be how people feel, right? And, it, and, and remember that baggage conversation, it just kind of manifests in this big old Samsonite around the neck. So now the procedure is the pallet is, pallet trailers right there at the dock. The pallets, you know, every, in a perfect world daily, they get thrown on the trailer. When I pull in to park, I can see how full it is. I can plan the next handful of days or the next week. And then I just drive it across town, hook it up to my truck. It takes me an hour. I have relieved six hours of grunt work off the backs of my team. You know, so uh, my time is valuable, but paying two guys for six hours uh, of work, okay, that makes sense for one hour of my time. And again, I use that time valuably. I'll I'll throw a good podcast on. I'll put a big question in my mind the night before. So it's not just 
aimless, mindless travel. But it, it's communicating why all of that was so important, what it was doing for our team, and everybody gets it. And it becomes this little mini system that just works. It's dependable. It's repeatable. Um, and that's, that's, that's an example of that, of what you're talking about, where you lead your team the right way. You know, I, the first time I saw Jeff's store, I saw this, like, almost a phone book full of reviews. Not, not a 2021 phone book. Wait a minute. It, like a, a 1992 thick phone book. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Not, not, not a little itty, itty bitty one. And then the next year I came back and it was, he had two of them and I'm like, my Lord, this is, this is amazing. But no, you know what I, I, what I loved about your example, Jeff, um, that you had the thoughtfulness to look at it from your employees' eyes and to think about their capacity, right? I'm asking them to do this, 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 and this, and now I'm going to prioritize it for them, right? Because you are the leader, so you need to make the priority. And you decided that getting those five-star online reviews is a heck of a lot more important than schlepping this thing around. I'll make their life easier so that they can focus on those five-star online reviews. And... Uh, so listen, Jeff, we're running out of time. This always happens to us. Tell me what you're up to. Stop teasing me. I need to know what this big ticket life is all about. What are you what are you up to, dude? Or when do I tune in next? Talk, yeah. talk to me. Yep. So I mean, the big ticket life really is about uh, a mantra, um, a lifestyle. Again, business and life on your terms. If, if, if your business is not working for you, um, you're falling victim to the Chivo effect, the chief everything officer effect, not the CEO, you do need to shift into that investor status in your own business. Treat your business like a board of investors would as yourself, okay? What, you know, what would an investor do in the business? What do they see in the business that's redeemable and quality to invest in? And th those are the actions you need to be taking in your own business. That's what the big ticket life is about. You know, Jackie said she just loved the handwritten reviews. I love them too. I'm immensely proud. Every time they come in today in the mail, we got another one. Um, and we do have three, three inch thick, three ring binders of these things now. So what you're seeing online is about a third of all that we have. And again, this is this is one of those things that I feel is my gift and it's time to share it. It's, it's time to put this nonsense in the past, that rearview mirror memo from the head office, hit the accelerator. So uh, next week, I'm hosting a little three-day event where you get um, three sessions of thoughtfulness, mindfulness uh, uh, on these topics. And, you know, Jackie referenced the handwritten reviews. Well, the title of this event is how to, how to, how to uh, win on Main Street in an Amazon world. So, how in the world do we as business owners, especially in the furniture and mattress industry, succeed when everything's being Amazon? You know, I mean, Invisalign dental work is being sold on Amazon today. Um, I'm not so sure that insurance is, but boy, everywhere you look, insurance is sold online, except in a uh, uh, through an insurance agent's office with a shingle out front on Main Street, right? So there's many types of businesses that can be served by the things that I'm going to be sharing. But, you know, if you're that face-to-face -face type business selling toes-to-toes, -to -toes, affecting business through a front door over my shoulder that way, just like me, 
right? How to win on Main Street and Amazon World, three-day sessions, three sessions, one hour each day next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 14th through the 16th. Going to kick it off at noon. And we're going to go a deep dive into big ticket methodology, how you make getting those handwritten reviews like that happen. Um, how do you put growth assets into your business, like being an authority? Um, how do you create these fan books? And most importantly, I'll end with this. I had Drew bring this over because this is something else I'm immensely proud of. You know, on Black Friday, right, the holy grail of all retail holidays, where everybody kind of works all year to find the great door-busting promotions that generate traffic and go into the black. The kind of ad that re-ran was this right here. The secrets of five-star business success. And we chose to highlight our partners. We chose to highlight family-owned vendors to tell the family-owned story in a family-owned business on Small Business Saturday. All right. So for Black, I said Black Friday. This is Black Friday weekend advertising. We always roll out on Small Business Saturday. You see the bottom of the ad. This bottom part is our template, our four re reasons why ad. This is on the windows over my shoulder back there. Um, we this this is our ad that we run. There's not a picture of our mattress, and there's not even a price. It's all how we're going to help you find your next and favorite mattress, and that's how we advertise. So if if you're a business and you don't just have to be a furniture or mattress business, if you've got competition, that's price competition, service competition, uh, you're looking to break the status quo, you're tired of the way your industry does things and you want some insight into how to do things amazingly well and succeed uh, on Main Street in an Amazon world, that's what next week is all about. Did I read that right? Is it free? Free event. And is it a an hour every day starting at noon? Noon to one. Yep. Uh, if we get if we get some questions, we might we might roll a few minutes late. But yeah, noon to one. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week, fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth. And how so, do they sign up for that? Uh, you can right there on the screen. You can check out my Facebook forward slash Jeff Janakovo, or you can go to thebigticketlife.com. Um, my website is up and. Uh, Tomorrow, I'll be updating uh, that to tell you where and when you'll be able to see it. I'm uh, going to roll it out on my Facebook page. We'll be hosting it there. It'll be on my YouTube channel for the Big Ticket Life. So you're going to see, I'm going to pull back the curtain on, uh, on how to, yeah, as I say on the site, how to squish proof your business and, you know, win on Main Street in an Amazon world. That's great. Jeff, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to uh, uh, to what you present to us uh, in the uh, next week. It's next week. Yep. My Lord. It's next, next week. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, next Thursday. Yep. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Be there. Be squared. Guys, it's free. There's no reason for you not to be there. Yep. So sign up. Get it. And Jeff, thank you a million. And I look forward to uh, seeing what you're going to teach us. All right. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, you're welcome. Karen, I hope you uh, heal up quickly. Yes. I took Karen's spot. She had a, a personal reason. I hope she uh, feels better soon. And um, looking forward to seeing you back on the show, Karen, uh, when you can. 